Hi, this is Rob Beardsley with Lone Star Capital, and today I've got a fun video. We're talking about what is not in offering memorandums, but you still must know. So, what, what, if you're not familiar, an offering memorandum is something that a broker, a sales broker, puts together to market and sell a property on behalf of a seller. So the, offer, the purpose of the offering memorandum is to have as much detailed information for buyers to review so that they can evaluate the opportunity. So offering memorandums are great. They're really well done. Broker teams have graphic designers on staff, analysts on staff to really put together the property information, the financial information, and the submarket and market information, uh, qualitative and quantitative. But there's some key things that are almost always left out, yet are super important for you as the buyer when you're evaluating an opportunity. So what are they? Number one, the biggest one by far, and the easiest one is pricing guidance or the whisper price. So the pricing guidance is rarely in the offering memorandum because they don't want to actually put it out there on paper what the seller or you know, what the strike price is. And there's good reason for that, and there's multiple reasons for that. One of the reasons being the, if the price is on paper, it helps the county, the property tax assessors, know what value the property is likely to be purchased at. And I actually just recorded a video a couple minutes ago talking about property tax underwriting and how uh, the county, specifically in Texas markets, assesses property taxes. So this is one way one reason why brokers don't want to put the pricing guidance. The other reason would be, you know, the market's always changing. And so that's also why you never see dates on offering memorandums because they, you don't, a broker doesn't want you to know that the property was being marketed last summer and, you know, it was a failed marketing attempt and now it's back again next summer being marketed for sale. So no date, no whisper price often. Uh, but the easiest way to get that is just call up the broker, have a conversation, ask them what the pricing guidance is or the strike or the whisper, whatever you want to call it. And that obviously is very important to know when evaluating a deal. And that's really the first thing we want to know because we want to know if it's an opportunity we should really spend more time thinking about. If the pricing guidance is really high on a price per unit basis and above what we think is just rule of thumb appropriate for the area, uh, we would just pass on the deal and not spend our time and effort underwriting the opportunity. So that's number one. Other things that are, I'd say the next biggest one is the seller story. And this is something that we talk about a lot internally uh, as we think it's something very important, but it's not very focused on, at least in the you know, retail investor space. So what is the seller story? So the seller story is when did the seller buy the property? How much did they pay for it? What was their business plan? and how have they implemented their business plan and why are they selling? So that's a lot. So let's unpack that a little bit. So obviously it's hugely important to know what the seller paid and how much they put into the property. Right? It gives you a general basis of what the historical basis of the property is, you know, historical value, and is the seller hitting a home run on this sale based on the pricing guidance or are they losing money, are they breaking even, right? That can help paint a picture for yourself and your investors as what kind of opportunity this is. So that's why it's important to know when did they buy it. We're very sensitive uh, to the seller story. We, we don't, we, we're very hesitant when we hear about deals that are being sold that were just bought a year ago. And that usually means 
bad things for you, but it could be a good thing. It could be a buyer, uh, they bought the property, got in over their head, it was you know, not the right move for them, and now they're selling just to get out. It could mean that they, you know, something changed in their strategy or their operating structure and you know, they want out. That could be a compelling story, but by and large, the shorter you see that the hold period for the seller is, the likely worse deal it is for the buyer and the better deal it is for the seller as they're making a good flip. But you don't wanna just arbitrarily dismiss a deal just based on that alone. So the next thing is the seller's business plan, right? Is the seller a savvy operator that goes into deals, buys them when they're untouched, renovates a quick 20% of the units and then flips it to get max price in the shortest period of time? You know, that you may not wanna buy from that type of seller because they really know what they're doing and they're being opportunistic and they see a compelling time to exit and you know, they see that carrying out the renovation program doesn't make sense on a risk-adjusted basis based on what the market is willing to pay for a partially renovated asset. So by the way, all I'm talking about here, this is never in the offering memorandum, right? OMs never say that the seller you know, had a death in the family and wants to get out or the seller uh, bought it last year and is looking to flip and double their money. So those are all things that I think are really important to have conversations about and really try to get the real answers as best you can, right? You never know. A couple Lamborghinis going by. So you never know if you're gonna get the story straight, but at least you have a story that you can digest and make your own determination. So the seller story, that is all very important. Next things that are never or rarely in OMs that I think are important are delinquency and crime. So delinquency doesn't, it's, it's very odd when you first understand this premise, but delinquency actually doesn't show up on a T12. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's a, an interesting conversation. So a T12 shows bad debt being written off, but it doesn't show delinquency. Delinquency, which is when renters don't pay their rent and now you have accounts receivables that you haven't collected and they're sitting on your balance sheet, that's delinquency. So delinquency shows up on your balance sheet, not on your P&L when tenants don't pay rent and you finally write off that uncollected rent, that's when it shows up on your P&L. So you can, what you could do as, an, as a manager is you can hold that delinquent rent on your balance sheet for an extended period of time and not write it off. And so it'll actually make the P&L look better because you're not representing that written off bad debt yet. So it's good to get a delinquency report to understand what's happening there. Especially, that's been a very hot topic in light of COVID. A lot of people want to know how are collections, what's the delinquency report, because with COVID, there's just so much uncertainty surrounding collections. So, and then I mentioned crime. So crime is another element that you can ascertain by doing some Googling. You can use some, some crime reports to get an understanding. Uh, but I think being on site is very helpful too. And if you can get an honest conversation with the manager on site or the maintenance person on site, even tenants on site. Uh, I've had some good conversations with tenants that are willing to be honest. You can get a good sense of the tenant profile, uh, demographic, and crime situation. And again, this stuff is not discussed in OMs, uh, so, but still super important to know. So that pretty much wraps it up. Obviously there's a whole ton more due diligence you can do or should be doing for a property, but just for initial underwriting when you're flipping through an OM, know that this stuff is missing, but still super important for you to know. Thanks for watching.